Now, a couple of Sundays ago, on Easter Sunday, we went on a journey up Law Hill. And we, of course, as we went up Law Hill, uh, we thought about the Easter story and the journey that Jesus took from heaven to earth and then, of course, uh, to the cross at Calvary and then the great news of the resurrection. As we thought about Jesus' journey, we also thought of the journey of the disciples. We thought of the journey of the women early on the Sunday morning as well. Now, this morning I want to continue that theme of journeys by thinking of a journey that took place on that first Sunday evening with the th story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Now, I don't know about you, but over the past year, when we've been in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and all the restrictions that have come with that, we as a family have spent a lot of time walking. And if you remember back to those times during uh, lockdown, when the only reason that you could leave your house was to go for essentials from the shop uh, or to go uh, for daily exercise, uh, perhaps you too spent a lot of time uh, walking. And over this period, Anna, myself and the boys have discovered different areas of uh, West Kilbride and the surrounding area that we've never been to uh, before and in some cases never even knew existed. Now, of course, over this period, we have been restricted as to whom we can spend time with. But usually, as part of our daily exercise, we've been able to walk with at least one other person from another household. Now, when you're walking and you're on a journey together, of course, that's a good time to talk, isn't it? It's a good time to have conversation. Conversation about life, about family, about the world, about faith, about worries, about concerns, about hope for the future. Walking and talking, they go together, don't they? Now, in today's passage, we see two disciples walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a small village about uh, seven miles from Jerusalem. One of the disciples is named Cleopas, uh, but the other disciple is unnamed. It might be Cleopas's wife, but we're never told, and we, we don't really know if that is the case. But all we know is there are two disciples, and they're on a journey, very likely returning from the Passover in Jerusalem uh, to their home in Emmaus. And as these two disciples, Cleopas and another disciple, are walking along, they're talking about everything that has happened in Jerusalem. Just like when we are walking along, we're taking a walk along with someone that we, that we know, a friend or family member, and something major has happened, like, the, for example, the, the death of the Duke of Edinburgh that we've had just in the past week or so. We talk about these big, major events, don't we? We discuss all that has happened. And as these two disciples are walking on this journey, someone comes to join them. And Luke, who's writing this gospel, helpfully tells us that it's Jesus who joins these two disciples. But Cleopas and this other disciple, they are kept from recognizing Jesus. We don't know if this is simply because they, they don't expect to see Jesus. After all, 
that Jesus has died on the cross and there's been rumors about him rising to, to life again. They just don't expect to see him. But it might be that God is keeping them from seeing who Jesus is at this point. I suspect from the wording here that it is the latter. And I think with what happens next in the story, that makes sense. You see, what I want to focus on is how Jesus, as he's walking along with these two disciples, opens the scriptures. And then, following opening the scriptures, he then opens their eyes. You see, Cleopas and the other disciple are walking along and they're joined by Jesus, who asks them what they're, they're discussing. As you're walking along, what, what are you discussing? You see, these two disciples are downcast and they're amazed that Jesus doesn't seem to know what's been going on in Jerusalem. Because as Luke makes clear here, everyone in Jerusalem seems to know what's gone on. This has been big news in Jerusalem at this time. And they explain to Jesus all about what's been happening to Jesus and all that has happened to him. They tell what he was like a powerful prophet in word and deed. They, they tell what, what then happened, that Jesus was sentenced to death and crucified. They tell of their hopes because they thought Jesus was going to redeem Israel. They tell of their amazement when some of the women came and told them that they didn't find Jesus' body. And then they had a vision of angels. And then how some of their fellow disciples had gone to the tomb, seen it empty but hadn't seen Jesus. Now, what we need to notice as these two disciples are telling Jesus about what's happened in, in Jerusalem and all this story, is that towards the end there, there seems to be implicit unbelief. You see, these two disciples just can't believe that what the women have said is true. They can't believe that Jesus has truly risen from the dead. And that's why, as Jesus comes to these two disciples, as he hears their story, their analysis of this uh, situation, that Jesus then rebukes them. He says to them, how foolish you are, how slow you are to believe all the prophets have spoken. Now, we don't want to be too harsh on the two disciples here. After all, if we were in the same position as them, I think we would be equally downcast, equally confused as to all that had happened. Such high hopes for Jesus, seemingly dashed, and then all these strange rumours about resurrection. What would we have made of it all if we had been there at that time? Sometimes we can be like these two disciples were, downcast, confused. And we can be like that in life. Perhaps in this last year, we have been at times downcast and confused, wondering what's going on, what's going on in our nation, what's going on in our world, what's going on in our life. But we can also be like this, can't we? In terms of faith, we too can doubt. We too can wonder and question. 
But as Cleopas and this other disciple and Jesus make this physical journey to Emmaus, I want you to notice how Jesus takes these two disciples on another journey because as they are walking along, they're also talking. And Jesus takes these two disciples on a journey through Scripture and he opens the Bible to them from Moses to the prophets and he explains all that the Bible, all that Scripture says about him. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have loved to have been there with Jesus to hear that sermon. Seven miles of pure gold, straight from Jesus. How wonderful. Unfortunately, we don't have it recorded. But we know that it must have been quite a sermon because the disciples later go on to describe how as Jesus opened the scriptures to them, that their, their hearts were burning within them. And I guess that we too might have known times in our lives when as we've heard God's word, as we've heard it explained, then it's as though there's been a fire burning within us as we know that God is truly there and as we know the closeness of God through his Holy Spirit. And so Jesus takes these two disciples on that journey through Scripture, opens it to them, and opens their eyes as to what it says about him. But then as their physical journey comes to an end, and they reach these three people together, Jesus, these two disciples, they reach their destination at Emmaus. And as they reach their destination, Jesus acts as though he's going to go further. But these two disciples persuade Jesus to stay with them because it's getting late. And so he stays with the two disciples and they offer him clearly hospitality. And as they're about to eat together, and as Jesus takes bread just as part of an ordinary meal, but of course there are echoes here of the Lord's Supper. As Jesus takes bread, he gives thanks, he breaks it, and he gives it to these two disciples. And as he breaks that bread, it's then that these two disciples recognize that it's Jesus who's been with them. Now, there is much speculation as to why, at that particular moment, the disciples recognize Jesus. Was it that Jesus broke the bread in a a particular way that seemed unusual and was unique to Jesus and that's why they recognized it? Was it because when Jesus broke the bread that the disciples saw at that moment the nail marks in his hand? Perhaps. But surely the reason they recognized him is bound up in Jesus explaining the scriptures to them. You see, once these disciples had, had seen in the scriptures who Jesus was, then their eyes are opened, their hearts are, are on fire. And as Jesus breaks the bread, it's like the scales suddenly fall from their eyes, that they suddenly recognize Jesus for who he is. You see, it's likely that these two disciples still had expectations as the other disciples and other followers of Jesus clearly had 
that Jesus was going to be a military king. Actually, what we see in Scripture is that though Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that he's also the servant king. He's the suffering servant. And now Jesus has taken them through Scripture. He's explained who the Messiah truly is. And after he's explained the Scripture to them, and as he breaks the bread, it's then that their eyes are opened as they understand who Jesus truly is. And there he is, walking beside them and breaking bread with them. And so what I want you to notice is that the scriptures are opened, the disciples' hearts were opened and set on fire, and then their eyes are opened to see who Jesus is. In our own lives, it's so important, isn't it, that we keep in line with the scriptures, that we keep in line with the Bible, that we don't just simply assume things about God or assume things about Jesus. These disciples clearly had expectations of who Jesus was. They, they made assumptions about him. It's when they had it explained from God's word who Jesus truly was, that their eyes were opened. And it's important too that we too are, are molded by God's word, that we see Jesus for who he truly is. And we need to pray that our eyes are opened too. You see, notice the dramatic effect that it had upon Cleopas and the other disciple. You see, as their, their eyes are opened and they're amazed and they realize that it's been Jesus with them all this time, what do they do? They don't just sit where they are. They walk seven miles. They've just done seven miles. They walk another seven miles. And they go back to Jerusalem. You see, they were in a place before where they were downcast and confused, probably doubting. But they come to a place now where their hearts are on fire, where they walk seven miles back to Jerusalem to share this news that Jesus truly is alive. Now, it always makes me smile in this story when these two disciples make their way back to Jerusalem, having walked 14 miles, and they go in their excitement to tell the eleven what has happened and that Jesus is alive. And when they go in the door, the eleven declare to them, and say to them, it's true. The Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. I always wonder if it took a bit of the, the wind out of their sails because what they now knew had already been just declared to them by the 11. But then they share their news with the 11 and everyone's faith together is strengthened. You see, they've been on a journey that day, haven't they? The woman going to the tomb seeing the stone rolled away, hearing the angels. We've had Peter and John going to the tomb, seeing it empty and being a little confused. But now on Sunday evening, there's certainty, isn't there, that Jesus truly is alive. He's appeared to the disciples. He's appeared to these two disciples too. Now a couple of practical applications this morning. The first thing I want to say to us all today is 
Let's search the scriptures. Let's see who Jesus truly is and let our hearts and our minds be shaped by what the scriptures say, not by our assumptions about what it says. You see, in the Bible, we see Jesus for who he truly is. Pray that our eyes would be opened and that our hearts would be set on fire. And the second thing this morning is this. As the disciples went in their journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus, they were downcast and confused, and yet Jesus was with them. They just didn't recognize him. And in our journey of life, sometimes we are confused. Sometimes we are despairing. Sometimes we, we ask those big questions, where are you, God? Sometimes we ask God the big question, why has this had to happen? Jesus was with these two disciples and he promises to be with every believer, not to leave us or forsake us. You see, perhaps in this last year, you have struggled, struggled to know if Jesus is there, struggled to know if, if God truly cares. Perhaps corporately as a church, we've wondered where God is and what he's doing in our midst. But we can trust that God knows what he's doing, that he's sovereign over all. We can trust that he walks beside us. And our often confusion and our tiredness, sometimes during those times of despair, may we know on our journey that Jesus is with us. And as a church, as a church family, as we go back into the building in a few weeks' time, but as things remain different, may we seek after God in his word. May we be molded by his word. And may we know his guiding presence through the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we think through uh, God's word today, and all that it means to us. Let's have a time of reflection now.